Welcome to Experiencing Christ with Pastor Dennis Matovu. Freedom Experience is a teaching ministry of the Word that is driven by the purpose that believers may subjectively realize the full knowledge of the truth according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Experiencing God in the incarnated Word, which is Christ to be life and light to man with grace and reality for man's enjoyment. And now, open wide your spirit to receive this great teaching which is going to empower you to begin experiencing Christ as your life. This is Pastor Dennis Matovu, worth hearing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <laughs> freedom reigns in this place. Freedom experience, experiencing Christ. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, wherever you are, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in once again. This is Freedom Experience uh, Ministry, right here from Kampala, Uganda. This is Pastor Dennis Matov. And uh, I'm glad to bring you wonderful, wonderful uh, ministry of the word every, every day by the grace of God. We are in this long time uh, series which is called uh, Experiencing Christ Daily. And we are learning how to take Christ on a daily basis as our portion, the portion of the day. We take him as a portion. This Christ that we are talking about is everything unto us. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad and humbled to be bringing you this wonderful teaching series by the grace of God. Uh, I Once again, I want to remind you that you should always visit our website on www.freedomexperienceministry.org. Like our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. Follow our messages and our platforms. And may the Lord bless you. Invite your friends. Share with your brothers and sisters in the Lord that we may also... Uh, we extend the love and the freedom that we have received. Uh, the Lord has given us a wonderful vision, a wonderful ministry, and He has called us to be dispensers of Christ, whereby we minister Christ to people, the saints of God. We minister Christ to those that have come to the Lord. We are the Joshua's of this generation. The Lord has given us the word in our mouth, and we know that we are to make every believer to possess and to inherit Christ as he is all her portion. You have got to take him as your portion on a daily basis, enjoying him daily, every day possessing a portion of Christ through prayer and the reading of the word and the study and the fellowship. There is also a daily possession. Um, every day we are supposed to possess Christ. So even today we have come into his word to see some portions for us to take. Hallelujah. We are in this book of Colossians and uh, this is episode 15 and we believe that the grace of God has already uh, met with you wherever you are to show you how you are supposed to possess this Christ. Remember, God is, has been everything to us. We take him as a portion. The anointing of God is upon us every time we see this wonderful revelation in the word of God. We are enlightened. We are quickened so that we may 
uh, become more more of use to the king of kings and the lord of lords we have been going through the, the book of colossians chapter 1 now we have come to verse 18 23 18 to 23 and i'll quote for you the verse the bible says from 18 he has he is the head of the body the church who is the beginning or the firstborn from the dead and that in all things he might have the preeminence for it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell and having made peace through the bl the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him i say whether they be things in in the earth all things in heaven and uh, and you that were sometime alienated and and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is in under heaven wherefore i paul i am made a minister so this is our context today we are going to be learning from uh, some depths concerning Christ. So we have seen that the book of Colossians, it simply reveals uh, that Christ is everything for us. And in the universe we see there is, there is God the creator and there is also the creation. And also we saw the other time that Christ is the image of the invisible God. We also saw that uh, that means that uh, he's nothing less than God himself in full expression so uh, we also went on to see that christ is the firstborn of the creation the first among all god's creatures god was accomplished he has also accomplished two creations there is also uh, there is what to call the old creation and the new creation and we saw the other time that even in the old creation uh, including heaven earth mankind millions of different items christ is the firstborn in the new creation that is the church which is the body of christ still christ is the firstborn so we see that he is the original the first one was there in the first creation and is also the one that is in the second creation we saw we see this is the preeminence of christ among all creatures so christ is the first in resurrection as the head of the body he was the first to resurrect so uh, he is the one who has the first place in the church. We saw that also. So in the first creation, uh, he, uh, it came into being through the speaking of God. I'm, I'm doing some recap for you. God spoke everything into existence. That's when we read in Romans 4, 17. We see that he called those things that are not as though they are. So he calls things in the first creation uh, things that are not being as as being but in the new creation we discovered that God uh, creates the second uh, creation through resurrection through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah so in this new creation the church Christ is still the firstborn from among the dead so today 
Let us talk about the two births of Christ. The two births of Christ, meaning that Christ is uh, birthed two times. As the Son of God, Christ has passed through two births. The first birth took place at the incarnation. Remember, that was through Mary, the first birth. And we see the second birth is in his resurrection. Remember, the, fa- uh, the Father says that this day I have begotten you. Talking about the day when he resurrected. So, all Christians, they have, they have a vision of that Christ was, uh, was born through incarnation. And, uh, but we have got a few Christians that have come to a realization that Christ is also uh, given birth through his resurrection. But let us begin quoting with Acts, uh, quoting Acts chapter 13, verses 33. The Bible says, it indicates that Christ was begotten, all born in resurrection. That is Acts chapter 13, um, verses 33. 13, 33. Christ, even in, in resurrection, he was begotten, he was born. And this is the second birth we are talking about. These are things we need to know. 1333, the Bible says, the Bible says that God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So the apostles had seen this vision. They had seen that at resurrection, Christ was birthed. When he was raised from the dead, that was his second birth. The apostles see this, they, saw this, they saw this vision. Through resurrection, he was begotten as the son of God. So however, we see that before his incarnation in eternity passed, he was already the son of God. In eternity past, that's uh, uh, some people may ask questions and say, why then did he need to be born the Son of God in resurrection when he, he has been already the Son of God in eternity? Now, before his incarnation, we have got to know that Christ was not a man; he was simply the infinite, eternal God. He was not a man, but we see that in the fullness of time, Christ was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. That is the first birth. And nine months later, he was born in a manger in Bethlehem. That's why according to John chapter 1, verse 14, the Bible says that, And the Word, who is Christ, became flesh. So the real becoming flesh was the day he was given birth by Mary. And this means that he took the step of becoming a man in those days. And, uh, and he became an incarnate God. The infinite God becoming the eternal God becomes a man through incarnation as, as, as it was in the days of Mary. But we have got to see that in becoming man, he did not cease to be God. He was still God, even though he had become man. So after living on earth for 33 years and a half, we see that Christ was crucified. Then in resurrection, he took a second step. He takes a second step to be born in the second time and becomes the firstborn son of God. You see? So before his resurrection, Christ was the only begotten son. Remember, John chapter 3, 
verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. He had only one that he had. But we see that through resurrection, the only begotten son in John 3.16 becomes the firstborn among many brothers. You see, Romans 8.28. That means that now the father had received many brothers through Jesus Christ's death. And now that makes Christ to become the firstborn among many brethren. Romans chapter 8 verses 29. The Bible says, For whom he did foreknow, he has also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, among many brothers. So according to Hebrews chapter 2 verses 10. Hebrews 2 verse 10. The Bible says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. We see that through Christ Jesus we are brought, we have been made the many sons of God making him to be the firstborn. So God is leading many sons into glory, as we have seen here. So these many sons are the many brothers of Christ as the firstborn. Now this makes Christ the firstborn after resurrection. He becomes with many brothers. We are now called his brothers. We are the many brothers, the church. So through the two births of Christ, divinity has been brought into humanity. This is what took place. The first birth brought divinity unto humanity. And the second birth brought humanity unto divinity. This is why Christ has got two births. By the incarnation of Christ, God was brought into man. The only way God could come into man was for God to become flesh. To reach the, the man who is in flesh. The only way for us to, come, to become divine, it is for Christ to be resurrected and goes back to the Father in the spirit so that as he's going back he is resurrected and raised and we are raised together with him he takes us back to the father now humanity has been brought into divinity the way divinity was brought to humanity in the incarnation of christ so by the incarnation of christ god was brought to man and we see that prior to that uh, christ's incarnation god was outside man he could meet Moses, he could meet the prophets, he could meet the people of the Old Testament, but he was always outside them. Just like Jesus was outside the disciples, he was among them, he was with them, but he, was, he couldn't be in them. But we thank God that through Christ's incarnation, God was brought into humanity. He has been brought into humanity. Now we have him. We may say that with the birth of Christ, God was born into man. Just like that, he was born into you and me by the birth of Christ, by Christ's incarnation. So we say that by Christ's first birth in incarnation, God was brought into man and he became one with man. Then through Christ's resurrection, man is brought into God. When the Lord Jesus Christ was on earth, God was living in man for God was in him. God was in Christ. So that's how God was in man. But man was not yet in God, you see. 
So through Christ's resurrection, man has been brought into God. Today we, sh we shout hallelujah because man has been brought to God. As a man, Christ is in the heavens. Resurrection has, took, has taken place and man has been brought into God. And for that cause, we will shout always glory to God. Hallelujah. God has been, has been, has been brought into man and man has been brought into God. This is wha what has been taking place in these two births of Jesus Christ. And we say, what a transaction. What a transaction. What a traffic that has taken place. A marvelous two-way traffic. There is a going and a coming. He came and he went. But when he came, he came with the Father. When he went, he went with us to the Father. So in this two-way traffic, God came into man through incarnation. And man was brought into God through resurrection. Today we are one. We are mingled. You cannot separate us from, the, from God. You cannot separate us from Christ. And this makes us powerful. This making, makes us people with authority. This make, makes us people with the life and the life of Christ. We now share one life because we have been brought into the one God, the triune God. He is in us and we are in him. And this is for our enjoyment. This is for our experience. Shout hallelujah for that. This is it. We are now one with Christ. There has been a two-way traffic. Now, even today, on a daily basis, there is that two-way traffic whereby uh, God is coming, Christ is, uh, God is coming, man is going. God is coming, man is going. There is always, always a two-way two traffic. You have got to come out of yourself to enter into God so that God will come unto you. And the more you are, God permeates into you, saturates into you, you begin to, uh, to, to be like God. To, you, you, you cease even to be just like Enoch. The Bible says he disappeared for God took him. God consumed him. He was seen no more. Hallelujah. So, this is what has taken place in incarnation and we glorify God for that. Now, have you ever heard that Christ, Christ, your Savior, the Son of God, has passed through two births? Today I tell you, you may have heard that you needed a second birth, the birth in the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, but not that Christ was born twice. We have been preaching this message. You need a second birth. You need God to birth you again. But we have never discovered that Christ also had the two births. First in incarnation, then in resurrection. Now in eternity, Christ was God. And we see that through this incarnation, he became a man. And through resurrection, he became the firstborn son of God. That's why he's called the firstborn son. Son of God. The other time we could before incarnation was before crucifixion. Before crucifixion, he was called the, the begotten son, the only son. He had one. The father had one son. Now he has many brothers, many sons, and he is the firstborn. Now, how do we experience Christ's two births? How can we take it for our experience? We see that through Christ, God has been brought into us. Today we have him. And we have been brought into God. Praise the Lord for that. There is such a good a, a mingling. You see? We have been mixed with God. And when we were born again, I said this birth took place simultaneously. Christ was born into us and we were also brought into God at once. Well, as it took God to have two births, for us we, we receive two things at once. When we get born again, 
we simultaneously uh, we, we are brought into Christ God and God comes into us. Christ is born into us and we are brought into God just at once. So in our creation, as Christians, in our Christian life, we have an inward and a personal experience of both of the births of Christ. This is what is taking place. With Christ, his birth in resurrection came, came after 33 years, 33 and a half years after his birth through incarnation. You see, there was a, a time frame, a space between the first birth of Christ and the second birth. But to us, the, the Church of Christ, the believers, in our experience of such a birth, the, such two births, we see that in our experience of Christ, God was brought into us and we are brought into God at the same time. In other words, we receive and experience the two births at the same time, the day we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Praise the Lord for that. For the marvelous traffic is always between God and us. Even this is happening. Every day God is coming and going. God is coming and we are decreasing. We are going. God is coming and we are going. We are going into him. He's coming into us. This is going to be like that for our experience. And this is what causes transformation. That's why John says he must de John says I must decrease, but let him increase. There is always a decrease and an increase. There is always you are going to the Father is coming into you. Entering Christ is entering you. There is that traffic that is in us every day. That's why the Bible says be renewed. We have to live in the newness of life, to be transformed. This transformation goes to that far. Let us read Colossians 1.19. The Bible says in Colossians 1.19 that <clears throat> Colossians 1.19 The Bible says that all the fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. All fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. And when we come to Colossians 2.9 it declares that in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now we see that in Colossians 2.10 Paul goes on to say that in Christ we are made full, we are made complete. We are complete in Him. Colossians 2.10 Because of all the fullness that dwells in Christ and because we have been put into Christ, we have been made full, filled with the divine riches. This is why Paul says in, in Colossians 2.10 we are complete in Christ. It is because He has brought us and, uh, into Him and uh, Christ Himself is full. When we enter Christ, we find the fullness of the Godhead dwelling there. And when we enter there, we find the fullness of everything. Now, if the fullness of everything on earth and in heaven, and the fullness of the God, the Godhead, the triune God is in Christ, then when we enter Christ, we are made complete in Him. We are filled. We are made full. We are not lacking. We are filled with the divine riches. All spiritual blessings, all divine riches, we are filled because once we enter Christ, we are made full in Christ. Hallelujah. So we see that in every, in, in, in a various sense, in everything that we, we are today, we who believe in Christ, we might, we might appear to be multi-part, multi-facet, complex. We have two sides. For we are in the one who is very, very complex. The one who has got a lot of mixture. So we become complicated. Let me tell you, 
you were not complicated before salvation because before salvation you were living alone in your old man there was no any other man in you but the reason as why we are so complicated and complex we christians is that we have two men two man lives men living in us we have the old man and the new man and that is that makes us to be uh, complicated and uh, mouth facet we have a christ in us and again we have our old us so there has got to be um, um, a lot of uh, traffic there is the old man there is the new man and we are supposed to overcome the old man putting on the new man there is christ in you you have been made full there is god in you there is you so there is always um, as many many uh, complication in the the born again that's why our life becomes complicated and you ask yourself i don't understand my life from the day I accept jesus Christ, there are always two voices there are always two i hear two ideas what should i take it is because you have got another one in you you have got the new man in you so let us see let us see the all inclusive christ as uh, in details as the bible says here you see when we go to study christology which is uh, the theology theological study of the person of christ some people teach that uh, christ is both god and man yet others will teach that christ is god but not man all that is man but not god that's the many teachings we get there that there is no need for us to dispute concerning the person of christ the bible is showing us here that he is all inclusive he is god he is man and the reality of every positive things in the universe so if we that uh, if we see that christ is everything then we shall not argue about such whether is god all man all man all god all both because according to so far wherever we have studied we see that christ is all inclusive Christ is everything and we have several verses indicating clearly that Christ is God for example Romans chapter 9 verse 5 it speaks of Christ who is over all things God blessed forever he's over all and is a God blessed forever so they mention Christ is over all and is God blessed forever so at the certain time Christ beca- became a man then through death and resurrection he became the first born son of god now in this life in his life on earth we see that the lord jesus was among the, his disciples but was not in them that means they could not understand him all they could not have even the mind of christ they could not even have uh, they, they couldn't uh, portray the image of christ why because it's not in them they cannot understand the things of god why because it's not in them It was necessary for Christ to pass through death and resurrection in order to come into his disciples as the life-giving spirit. Just as we know 1 Corinthians 15:45. He is now the life-giving spirit. He is able to enter into us. He is the spirit of reality. As the Bible says in John 14:17, the spirit of truth. Now in John 14 through John 16, we see that the disciples were troubled. They, by the fact that the lord was leaving them he told them i'm leaving let us read some of the verses um we might not read it all we see that in john 14 they were always troubled whenever he could tell them i'm going to the father and i'll come back so 
Let's begin with verses uh, John 14 verses 16 It says that And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that that he may abide with you forever. He says that even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him but ye know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Here Jesus talks about two things. At that present he says he is dwelling with you. But he says one time is going to, he shall be in you. He mentions two things here. Then say, uh, he says that I will not leave you comfortless but I will come to you. So he continues to tell them that he was always going to go and they were always wondering where is he going? Why is he talking about leaving us? It seems that he was telling them that if I do not go, there will not be there will be no way for me to come into you. So he had to go so that he may come. Remember, I said here that I will go, but at the same time he comes in verses 18 and says that I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. So the one who went also came back as the spirit. So he was telling them, I must go. I must pass through death and resurrection in order to become the life-giving spirit. Then I shall be in you forever. Today Christ Jesus is in us forever as the Lord Spirit, as the Spirit of God, as the Holy Spirit whom you know. And the day of his resurrection, the Lord appeared to the disciples. Remember, in John 20, 22, the Bible says, Then uh, he appears unto them. He appears when they are inside closed in the room and said unto them receive the bible says uh, on that day of his resurrection he appeared to the, and breathed upon them he breathed upon them and said receive the holy spirit now we see the holy spirit coming from the breath that christ breathed meaning that you could not you could not separate after resurrection you could not separate jesus from the holy spirit so he he breathed upon them and they received the Holy Spirit, John 20, 22. And this spirit, this is the spirit that is promised, that he was telling them in John 14, 16, 17. He was talking about that spirit. <clears throat> so, let us read John, John uh, 14, verses 26. The Bible says in verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Then come to chapter 15. John 15, 25. It says, But this cometh to pass, are we there? John 15, 20, 26. 26. But when the Comforter is come, who will, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. You see? The Bible says it also in John 16, verse 7. John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you that the truth 
it is expedient, it's necessary for me, for you, that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Look at that wonderful verse. He's saying that he's supposed to go so that the Comforter comes, the Spirit of Reality. He says he proceeds from the Father. But we see that in John 2020, he proceeded from him when he breathed unto them, received the Holy Spirit. That's how the triune God works. He, he is inseparable. Whoever seen the Father, the Son has seen the, the Father also. Jesus could always see, always says those words. So, when we come to verse 13 of John's, uh, John 16, the Bible says in verse 13, How bait when he... The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever he shall hear. That shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So those few verses in the book of John. They are opening our eyes. To show us that Christ. Was the spirit that they received. On the day of resurrection. So the Lord is breathing of the Holy Spirit unto the disciple, into the disciple, was the fulfillment of the promise that is in John. The promise of the Holy Spirit as the comforter. He entered into them. He had come back in another form by breathing the Spirit, the Holy Breath, the life-giving Spirit into the disciples. The Lord imparted himself into them as life and every positive things. So, as the Son of God, Christ took away, uh, he took two extraordinary steps as the Son of God. Firstly, he took the step of incarnation to become a man for the accomplishment of redemption and for the termination of the old creation. Secondly, in resurrection, he became the life-giving spirit. He became the life-giving spirit in order to regenerate us to produce the church God is new creation and this makes him to become the preeminent one the one who is above the one who is the first the one who is on top so the, as the preeminent one we see that in both the old creation and the new creation Christ is the first and occupies the first place the first place of preeminence both in the universe and in the church he is the first Christ is the preeminent one. As we see, if we see this as a vision, not as a mere doctrine, and we take it for our life experience, our living and our church life will be revo re revolutionized, it will be changed, we shall realize that in all things, Christ must be the first. He must be the first in your marriage, he must be the first in your education, he must be the first in your ministry, he must be the first in your business, he, because he carries, he is the firstborn. He has got the preeminence. Hallelujah. So, in, in Colossians 1.18, Paul has said that, that he might have the first place in all things. So, in the Bible, we see that to be the first is to be all. According to the Bible, to be the first is to be everything else. Since Christ is the firstborn, is the first both in the universe and in the church, then he must be all things in the universe 
and the church all things that are positive as the first he is all things he is everything this is how we are supposed to see him he is all things he can be your bread of life he can be your water he can be your your land he can be your your tree he can be everything to you he can be every he can be your way he is everything god's way of reckoning is different from ours the way god counts things is so different from ours for example according to our estimation we will say that christ is the first uh, if we say that christ is the first then something else should be the second the third and others in sequence because where there is the first there's got to be the second but according to, to god when he's counting uh, as from god's point of view for christ to be the first means that he is all there is no second thing he is the first and is all other things god doesn't have second third he says that um, christ is the first and is all things is the preeminence is the alpha and the omega is the beginning and the end is the first and the last so the first adam included not only adam as an individual remember adam in the old testament included all mankind that's why when he sinned all mankind sinned because all mankind was in him by the time he began to give birth to them they had already sinned all of us were and the, the people that will ever begat the people that will ever the children that will ever produce they have been included in adam so in the same way in the same principle in the eyes of god the firstborn of the egyptian remember included all egyptians when god said i'm going to kill the firstborn of egyptians of the egyptians he was almost killing all egyptians so we see that the firstborn includes all so therefore christ to be the firstborn in the universe it means that he is everything in the universe and in the same way for christ to be the firstborn in resurrection it means that he is everything in resurrection after resurrection we, we, we begin to take him as everything for our enjoyment everything for our experience for christ to be the firstborn both of the old creation and of the new creation it means that he is everything both in the old creation and in the new creation let us read colossian chapter 3 verses 11 because once we understand christ and his all inclusiveness then we will begin to enjoy him uh, through knowledge we begin to enjoy him by knowledge it is good to enjoy him when you know his greatness and his depth colossians chapter 3 verses 11 the bible says in the new man in the new creation there cannot be greek and jew circumcision and uncircumcision barbarian scythian slave free man but christ is all and in all so this corresponds that christ is all and in all in the new man christ is everyone christ is everything and christ is, is in everyone in the new creation there is no room for any other thing the only room in the new creation is only christ that's why we preach christ alone because there is no any other thing in the new creation other than jesus christ as our all inclusive land hallelujah so we have seen we have seen uh 
a wonderful vision still. And by the grace of God, we want to begin to uh, become that which we have seen. Hallelujah. We see that we are supposed to have the one who is all. Having the one who is all. Christ is the one who is all things. So when we see, uh, it was as if Paul was telling the Colossians, Why are you so foolish? You have received Christ, the one who is everything to you. He is the first in the old creation and in the new creation. What need is there? What need is there then for you to, to, to take in, in something else, take in some, some philosophies, some observances, and your worship? Look at the things we have brought to church today. Other than Christ, yet Christ is everything. Christ is everything. Today, you'll find people, including on top of Christ, they add on water. They add on uh, uh, special oil. They add on uh, special things and say that if you take this, it's going to work for you. If you take this water, I have prayed for it, it's going to work for you. That is including other things on top of Christ. Christ has, is the reality of the water. Christ is the reality of the anointing oil. We only use the anointing oil for praying for the sick, consecration of people, and also electing people into offices. But we wouldn't say that anointing is Christ. If you don't have this anointing, I tell you, buy this anointing, take this anointing, it's going to work for you. The reality is in Christ. If we add anything on top of Christ, I tell you, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. We are in trouble. So, he is the head of all things. He has become everything. He's the head of the angels. He's the head of everything. And we are in him. And we have been made full. So, that's why you see in chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Colossians, as we shall see, it reveals that the church of Col Col Colossians, the Colossians had turned into various, a lot of things. A lot of legalism and uh, gnosticism and other philosophies. They were all, those elements of the world were compacted in the church. So, we have seen that the all-inclusive Christ is in us. And when he's in us, there is no any other thing that we can apply and include in. We do not need philosophies. We do not need those theories and what and other outside practices. We are supposed to practice Christ. We are supposed to live Christ because we have received the one who is all in all. That makes Christ to become the preeminent. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, they are hid in him. According to Colossians, everything is hidden in him. You need wisdom. You need knowledge. Everything is found in Christ. This Christ is the image of God the full expression of God for us to enjoy and take in a day to the life. Our healer, deliverer, our provider is our everything. He is not a hidden God. He's not concealed anymore. He's not mysterious. He is God expressed now, the image of the invisible God. So, we see that he is the first among God's creation. As we have pointed out, he is everything, the Alpha and the Omega. Now, when you see the word Alpha and Omega, all these are late, uh, uh, between the, the Alpha and the Omega, there are many letters in between. But he is the Alpha and the Omega. 
all other letters are in between that's why that's why we say that he is everything in the universe because everything in the universe has got a letter if he's the first and the last letter then is also all the letters in between he is the first in the new creation the church he is ours he is ours to take glory to god he is ours to enjoy glory to god so we have got to see this christ he has got to be in us as the one who is infused into us and saturated into us every day is supposed to be infused into you every day is supposed to be saturated into you as you study scriptures praying when you fellowship as you are hearing messages like these ones he is infused into you he is saturated into you there is always a traffic within you and i believe that you are wondering how this uh, how is it that uh, how can i be helped when i know all these things concerning christ how can it help me in a practical way how can i experience uh, the all inclusive christ you have talked about christ and what he is how do i uh, how how can i find help because our task is to see that you take him as your everything as your experience and as your enjoyment so if i'll tell you if uh, we spend enough time like one month 30 days for example you're reading the book of colossians for a full a week and as you are prayer reading you will get you will be occupied with the revelation of christ just as we are giving it to you when you begin to study scriptures and you begin to see this christ we are talking about you will be revol- revolutionized you will be reconstituted some some a new constitution will be in you you will be transformed if you pray over these messages that we have been sharing and you pray with them pray about them and you pray as you are reading the book of colossians as as you are fellowshipping concerning these teachings that you have had so far i tell you you see a difference in your life you are going to be a changed person i tell you you will begin to see the difference even in the way you see things and your vision of the all inclusiveness of christ will begin to pervade your being to fill your being you begin to see that christ is all in all then worry will disappear fear will go because you know that is everything so when you see this vision you'll even hate every other thing that issues from the self including positive things that you have you begin to despise not only hatred uh <clears throat> hatred and other weaknesses you begin not even to trust in your love in your kindness in your patience you only trust in christ and what christ is in you you begin to to live his hatred you begin to live his love you begin to live his kindness everything that you are will be his just like paul says in galatians 2:20 says i've been crucified in christ it's no longer i who live the life i live in my body i live in the faith he was living christ's life he had ceased to live because he had seen the vision so likewise you have got to see such a vision and you begin to hate yourself and you begin to constrain and the life the love of god and this vision will constrain you to love the lord the more you begin to continue to love the lord because you have seen a vision of god and this is how we overcome sin and temptation it is about the more revelation you get concerning christ so you would say lord jesus i love you because you are everything to me lord jesus i love you because because you are all things unto me there's no need for me to struggle no need for me to strive to do anything oh lord i pray you are so much to me you are god you are the firstborn of all creation 
and you are the firstborn among all the dead. So you begin to pray prayers that are full of life. And I pray that you also learn to pray read the book, the, the Bible. You pray read, pray read the scriptures, read the scripture in a prayerful way. Pray until all these aspects we have seen concerning Christ are revealed uh, in, and, and they are saturated and they are infused into you. You don't need regulations. You don't need teachings that are outside. You need an inner teaching, an inner flow. You need to be infused. You need to be filled. You need to be saturated with Christ as the all-inclusive one. You don't need regulations. You don't need observance, ob observance and ordinances. All those things are outside. You need the, the all-inclusive Christ. So, if Christ is infused into you, you will drop every other thing that is not Christ. You will be a, a person who wants to be constituted with Christ in your very being. That's why our burden is to see He saturates in us. He is filled in us. We understand His ways. We live in Him. We move in Him. He have our being. Let Him be filled in us by the Word, infused in us, so that we may learn to drop all other things that are not Christ. Paul said that I am pursuing Christ. I'm aiming at one goal. He left other things and called them dung and useless. You begin to leave religion because religion gives people doctrine and teachings. It teaches them how to behave. When we read the book of, of, of Colossians, we see that uh, the all-inclusive Christ is what is, is the message, is what is preached in the book of Colossians. And this Christ is already in us. He's already in you. But we need to see him in reality. We need to know him. We need to be filled with him. We need to be saturated with him. We need to become absolutely one with him. He's already in us. He's already in you. But you are supposed to experience him. You are supposed to enjoy him. Taking him. When you feel fear, you pray, Christ, you are my strength. You are my boldness. I'm able to pass through this. The moment you say such words, I tell you Christ will take control of that situation. When you are passing through hard times, he is there for you to enjoy. You can replace, you can, you can uh, place him wherever you want. You can include him in your situation and you see victory at all time. My prayer for us all that we may continue to see the vision of Christ on a daily basis, enjoying him daily taking him as our daily portion. Victory is on our side. He begins to become all other aspects that you are praying for if you receive this one. So, you begin to have the full enjoyment of Christ. So, you begin to have the full enjoyment of Christ because we see that in him we are made full. We may be familiar with, with that verse in Colossians 2.10 that we are complete in him but you have got to see it in a deeper, deeper way. If you have seen that Christ is, is in you and you are in him and you have been made full, I tell you, you will see a lot of realities. You will see a lot of uh, things that are include, uh, that, uh, in Christ. Just Don't just know that verse as a doctrine, but try to know that verse that you have been made full in Christ in an experiential way, as an experience. In your actual living. So, when you look at yourself, you see that when I look at myself, I don't see that I'm full. I'm not yet full. But I want to tell you 
the more we partake of the unsearchable riches of Christ that have been uh, given to us, the more we shall see the fullness. But sometimes you could see that even your partaking, even your uh, the unsearchable riches are not yet, you are still very limited to them. They are limited to you. But I want to tell you one thing. Christ is just like the good land. Everything was there. But the effort of the possessor made him to possess all the more. There are some tribes that possessed bigger lands than others. There are some tribes that possessed rich lands than others. It is about the effort you have in him. So, if you don't think that, uh, if you don't see that you are enjoying everything of Christ, you have got you have got to go for more of Christ. Every day, desire to get more possession of Christ. His desire is to see that we possess Him on a daily basis. Every day we possess Him in knowledge, in revelation, insight, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. We possess Him until we possess all His riches, because in Him we are full. And Him as Christ, He is full as the land of Canaan. So, this is why Paul brings in this vision to the church of Colossia. He wants them to see and have the full enjoyment of Christ as their all-inclusive land. Just like today, we want to see that we enjoy Christ as our all-inclusive one, taking Him as our daily's portion. The land is so big, Christ is so big, we have got to endeavor to possess Him. We have got to endeavor to take Him as our portion in the name of Jesus, because all things are in Him. Now, let us go back to Colossians 1.20, as we plan to wind up today, we see that all things are reconciled to God. In Colossians 1.20, the Bible says that, And through him, to reconcile all things to him, making peace through the blood of his cross, through him, whether things on earth, all things in heavens, through him, we see that all things are found in him. What does the word through him mean? The word through him means, through Christ as the active instrument through which everything, through which the reconciliation was processed. It was in Christ that reconciliation was processed. To reconcile all things to God is to make peace with God for all things. He has made peace with all things, whether in heaven or on earth. So, there was accomplished accomplishment of things. There was uh, uh, this was the accomplishment and this accomplishment was done in the blood of the cross of Christ when he died on the cross there was a, recon a reconciliation when he died on the cross there was uh, a, 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 a salvation a redemption so a lot of things took place unto, uh, through the cross of Jesus Christ so we see that when he talks about all things he does not only talk about the things that are on earth, but also the things that are in heaven, they are also included. They are also among. So, all these things are needed for us. They needed to be reconciled to God, including things in heaven. Because uh, in the heavens also, the things were not right with God due to the rebellion of Satan, the archangel, and the angels uh, that followed him. They had messed up the heavens, and they, there was not yet... Things were not right. That's why, that's why it was uh, Christ was needed. So that all things are reconciled, including things in heaven and on earth. Today, 
things have been reconciled and Christ is the firstborn and the preeminent one. And this rebellion has been taken away and every contamination has been taken away from the heavens. Glory to God for that. It has been taken away. Now there is a reconciliation. Not only on the things in the heavens but also on the earth. Verse 21 says in Colossians 1, And you who once were alienated and enemies in your minds by evil works, he has now reconciled, he has brought peace. So, because we were sinners, we needed redemption, so that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. But also we see that we were also enemies of God, and we needed reconciliation to him. You see, two things are important. When you get saved, two things happen. Number one, you are redeemed. Number two, you are reconciled. You are redeemed because you are a sinner and you need the blood of Jesus. But you are reconciled because you were an enemy, an enemy of God. There was enmity toward God, uh, between God and man. And this was in our corrupted mind. Now this means that whenever we have a corrupt mind, we, we again become enemies of God. Because the Bible says that such a carnal mind is enmity to God. The moment our minds think carnal things, they are carnal, they, they, they are corrupt, they are dark, they, are, they have got evil thinking, then we become enemies of God again in our minds. He cannot look unto such a mind. So we need always a reconciliation. We need always a reconciliation. As, uh, we need to renew our mind on a daily basis. We need to remove every corruption in our minds. Hallelujah. So in the we see that we were once enemies, but we have been reconciled. Though all those things took place in the body of his flesh, Christ has reconciled us to God. Hallelujah. So in order to present us holy, he wanted to present us holy, blameless, and without reproach before God. As verse 22 has told us, we still need to be, uh, to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Let me read for you those verses as we finish. In Colossians 1, 20 to 23, the Bible says, <clears throat> in verse 23, in verses 20-23, it says that, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things uh, on earth, in earth, all things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies your mind, in your mind be, uh, by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through a death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and not moved away through the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was pre preached to every creature, which is under the heavens, wherefore I Paul am made a minister. Now those verses they show you that we are once enemies, we have been reconciled, that have, uh, and now we are presented unto God, holy, blameless, and without reproach before God. But however, we still need to do verse 23. We still need to continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel who is Jesus Christ. So, the faith here denotes to, does not denote to the act of believing. You have already believed and you do believe. But the faith they are talking about in verse 23 here 
is the object of our belief, what we believe in. They say, continue. Continue in the faith. Continue to believe in that which you believe in, which is Christ. You see? Continue. So, Paul is speaking that the hope of the gospel uh, is Christ himself. Christ in us who is the hope of glory. And from him, Christ, we should not be moved away. We should always fix our eyes on him. We should always continue in the faith, in that which we have believed. Grounded in Christ, steadfast in Christ, not moved away from Christ who is the hope of the gospel. The gospel has got hope and this hope is always Christ. Whenever the gospel is preached, Christ is preached. This is what we call preaching Christ. That's why Paul says, whom we preach and admonish all men. We, 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 we teach and rebuke all men and we want them to be brought to this Christ, to be made complete in him. I'll stop here today. We shall continue tomorrow. God bless you. God bless you. Continue to ponder upon these wonderful words. Take Christ as your portion. See a more vision of Christ. Look unto him. You shall be changed. You shall be transformed. Allow him to be infused in you and saturate in your life. God bless you. This is Pastor Dennis Matov Oda from Kampala, Uganda, Freedom Experience Ministry, Experiencing Christ. Hallelujah. Be blessed. And if you want to become one of our supporters, support us. You can give your donation. You can support us in any form. Saturate our messages. Share them. Do anything to see that this message reaches your brothers and sisters across the world. We are on our radio, Freedom Experience Radio. Check us on our website, freedomexperienceministry.org. And if you want to come to the radio, just go on the same website and click radio, old stroke radio. You come to the radio, we have wonderful programs there. My teachings are always there every day at 1 and even at 9 in the evening. And every day at 3 a.m. in the morning and also 6 p.m. in the evening, East African time. You can follow always. We have some wonderful preachings and teachings. God bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name. To get more of this message and partner with Freedom Experience Ministry, log on to our website, www.freedomexperienceministry.org or find us on our Facebook page, Freedom Experience Ministry. You can also call us directly on plus 256-703-89-0009. Be blessed. Experience the mystery of the word, the redemptive power of revelation, and eternity purpose brought to light in your walk with Christ.